gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice podcast. This is episode 353. Boy, we're getting up there. Today on Max, I still kind of call it HBO Max. It's the Warner Brothers Discovery streaming service. The final six episodes of the DC Comics superhero team Doom Patrol ends its TV show. This show premiered on February 15th, 2019 on an app called DC Universe. I really like DC Universe. It was really DC centric. Then all the DC content moved over to what was then HBO Max and up until now, it was on that app. Now, there's Max, the new app. Season one was 15 episodes. Season two was just nine, and that's when they moved. Season three was 10 and was in 2021. In December of last year, six episodes premiered on HBO Max. That was season four. There's 12 total. And the final six have been in limbo. I always said this was Arrowverse adjacent because it appeared in the Crisis on Infinite Earths as being on another Earth. The weird continuity part is that some people from the Doom Patrol aired on the show Titans. And that was a whole separate show that was part of DC Universe. So was Stargirl. Young Justice was reborn for that. Doom Patrol stars Matt Bomer. He plays Larry Trainer slash the negative man. Brendan Fraser, who steals this, this show, plays Cliff Steele, Robot Man. Diane Guerrero plays Crazy Jane. Holy moly, Diane Guerrero. She's brilliant. She was brilliant in Orange is the New Black, but she's great in this. Timothy Dalton plays the Chief, Niles Coulter. Javon Wade plays Cyborg. And guess what? He's on today's episode. So is April Bowlby, who plays Rita Farr, Alaska Woman. Those two have had gigantic, gigantic story arcs, and April is on the podcast. So here's the story. Before the summer of 2023, there was a Comic-Con in Morristown, New Jersey, and both Javan and April were at this Comic-Con, and they both couldn't have been more generous with their time and they both agreed to come on this podcast to talk about Doom Patrol. And we made a deal because at the time, the writer's strike was just beginning. There was always talk about the sag after strike, which is still going on at time of this episode's release. So we said, let's sit down and let's do these interviews. And they will only air when Doom Patrol premieres. So 
They announced a couple of weeks ago that the final six episodes of Doom Patrol were premiering starting today, the day of this podcast's release. Voila. I have been waiting to air these two great interviews. What can we say about Doom Patrol? Uh, it's trippy. <laughs> That's what it says. Uh, the big theme, and you'll notice this theme during the interviews, to me, this show has been more about the character's development than the bad guy they face. And I hope that that's the focal point. Uh, this reminds me a lot of FX's Legion. I compared that show to this. It, it's trippy. That's the best way to describe it. And they acknowledge that it's trippy. But it's the end of an era. It's an end of the DC Universe shows the way they have been released prior to the transition to Peter Safran and James Gunn. If the DC Universe is being rebooted, this and the Aquaman movie are the end of that universe. And like I said, I consider this Arrowverse adjacent because of the crisis on Infinite Earths. So it's, it's, it's the end of a chapter. Let's start with Javon Wade. He is known for being in the BBC comedy series Big School. He's also been on a soap opera in the BBC called EastEnders. And his big mainstream debut is Vic Stone, Cyborg, in the Max series Doom Patrol. He also aired on Titans. It was also on Legends of Tomorrow. I told you, Arrowverse adjacent. This is my conversation with Javon Wade. First of all, it's good to see you. Without the metal on your, your face, I almost didn't recognize you. I Come on. I, I know it's corny, but I... I if you play cyborg, how do you not do that joke? Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would have been disappointed in you <laughs> if you hadn't made the joke. So um, yeah, it's beautiful, man. Like it's, it's also, it was great to be able to have an opportunity to not have to wear the mask in certain episodes and go on that journey with Vic as well. Um, so yeah, it's a side of Vic Stone that we didn't, we haven't usually seen um, in comics or live action. So yeah, it's a beautiful process, man. You know, unlike the other members of the Doom Patrol. Victor Stone has been in animation. He's been on other live action. When you got the role, did you go back and watch all the other ones? Did you want to stay away from those, create your own thing? What was your reaction to all that? Yeah, it was a bit of a blend for me because um, I, I had watched, you know, growing up, growing up watching Teen Titans, watching the cartoons, watching all of the animations. Um, watching the live action just as a fan. And so once, you know, getting the role, I did want to separate myself to be able to, you know, create my own version of the character and also take elements from all of the, all the elements that I loved from the different renditions and try and bring them in. And one of the biggest things for me was um, him being human first. And that's one thing I really resonated with the Teen Titans from, you know, cartoons that we just loved, you know, Cyborg just being just a regular dude. And um, yeah, so I took a bit of amalgamation from, from everything that I loved and stayed away from the things that didn't really resonate with me. One of the funniest things about the podcast is Phil Morris uh, was kind enough to be the 300th guest of our podcast. Oh, wow. And he was so excited to be on Doom Patrol because he is such a comic book. He's a huge comic book fan, yeah, yeah. He is a big time, and he, he wanted the characters to be authentic and the source material to be honored and all those things. And it's really cool to see how you guys really have blazed your own path, yet... I don't think comic book fans have a lot to argue about. Yeah, no, not at all, man. It's um, 
It was amazing working with Phil because he's just such a pro. I learned so much from him. He's like a, you know, a father figure for me in real life too. Like, oh, such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, really good friend, man. And um, every time we got on set, all of our scenes, they were magical. They were beautiful. They were something that really brought set to life and some of my best work. And so we really shared an opportunity to you know, play these iconic live action characters and, and really give the fans something that I feel like we haven't really had or haven't had enough of. We got small parts of it in the Justice League movie, but to really build it out, we didn't get that opportunity. So it was a pleasure to be able to do that alongside Phil. And what about the idea that, you know, Cyborg's character is connected to Titans? And so you got to do a little bit of that as well, because in the books, Cyborg joins the Justice League, Cyborg joins the Doom Patrol. He's been everywhere and he's kind of become this really popular superhero. I mean, his star continues to rise. Everybody wants to get a piece of him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably the most prolific when it comes to being in so many different teams. He's a real utility player. He can jump in, come save the day, jump out, go save the day over there, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful to, to, for him to be there. And Titans was amazing. Um, from booking the show, I always wanted to get on the Titans. and Beast Boy, just, the Beast yeah, Boy relationship. Exactly, yeah, and be able to fester that. Ryan Potter, Beast Boy, like one of my brothers, you know. So it was beautiful to do that. And to have a live action cyborg and not have him in the titans or see that would have been heartbreaking for me so i'm glad we got to pull it off um the show has always been trippy i mean i think that's a fair way to say it um what about the idea of it's more important to develop the characters than to beat the bad guy that it's more important to see diane guerrero's journey than it is to see the villain go down yeah what, yeah, I think that, you know, this is one of the superhero shows, which is, it's not just about the superheroes, it's not about the superheroism, it's actually about anti-heroes, people who don't want to be heroes, and the character development, like, shout out to our writer's room, The Room Patrol, for delivering on such great That's material. That's what they call Yeah, we call them The Room Patrol, yeah. <laughs> they deliver such great material, and also it allows an audience to connect with the show that are not necessarily into superhero shows, but they connect with these characters in this world of, you know, um super wacky wonderful weird uh heroes that we just don't get to see in everyday tv so um yeah it's it's that's what actually made me fall in love with the show the most the character development and it was cool to see so many people reacting to the doom patrol i remember when we did the podcast on the crisis on infinite earths and uh, mark guggenheim was talking about when they were putting that together and showing all the different worlds yeah. how important it was to make sure that Doom Patrol was on their world, and yeah. this one was on, Stargirl was on this world, and yeah. just to be part of that whole big picture. 100%. I, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's great to be, you know, the DC Universe is such a, uh, such a huge opportunity in itself, you know. We get an opportunity to really play, and the more that we do crossover, the more that we see these characters in other worlds, it just brings so much joy to the fans. And being a fan first, before even an actor, I want to see these things. I want to see my favorite characters with my favorite characters, you know? And so, yeah, it's really, it's great when they give us the opportunity to do that and really connect those dots. How much of a fan of this genre were you before you got the role? And then when you get the role, how much cramming do you have to do? Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. You're a, you're a junkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been in, from comic books to to cartoons to this whole world my whole life um and so even just when i 
got the role, being able to play such an iconic character. And also as an actor, you know, there's not many black superheroes. So it's very few and far between. I feel like I won the lottery, you know, so. Um, Chris Williams said the same thing about when he was uh, Black Lightning. Yeah, yeah, literally, because we don't we don't get these opportunities. Um, so, you know, it's literally one in a million to, to have a superhero, let alone for an actor to play him. So it's just, it, it was life changing. It was beautiful. It was um, my dream, you know, growing up as a kid, as an actor, I want to play a superhero and I got to do that. So, yeah. When the final six are released, how good are they? They're brilliant. The final six are brilliant. They're my favorite. I'm, I'm annoyed that I haven't seen them yet and that they haven't come out yet because I just want to see it. I think it's the cast, you know, are some of our strongest work throughout the series. And it's gonna be, it's gonna blow the audience away. Like we really end the show in a really great place. Everyone's gonna feel like they got out of it what they needed to get out of it. And um, yeah, there's a whole adventure that's still yet to come, which is the biggest part of the, the series. So yeah, I can't wait for you guys to see it. But it's important that fans are satisfied that yeah, there's always gonna be people to say, oh, it ended too soon, but yeah. that you can walk away from that show as it, it's the it's the end of a book. Yeah, they, yeah, they're going to be satisfied. I'm very confident in that. Like the room made a thing of making sure that you know we get to end our series in a way that the fans deserve. You know, you've invested all this time, and it's beautiful to be able to get that. And you're going to get it, and you're going to love it. So. Lastly, we spoke to April earlier. As an actor, to have material this wild, it really. As an actor, you get to it's. <laughs> Yeah. I would imagine if it's a straight crime drama, you don't get to do half as much wacky stuff that you're able to do. Yeah. You really get to flex your muscles. 100%. You get to be an actor. You get to act. You get to use your imagination. You get to connect all of those dots. And it's such rich material. And I always say, like, you know, doing this role, I feel like I've got a taste of everything that I will do throughout my career. Probably. You know? At least in a, in, in a small taste. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been beautiful. And... Um, uh, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. So shout out to the whole team, shout out to DC, to HBO, to Warner Brothers, to our showrunner Jeremy Carver, to our writers room, to everyone in the crew and to my dear beloved cast. Uh, what are you working on now? What can uh, listeners who are, are hearing you for the first time or they've been watching the show now because they just got the new app or whatever it is, uh, what, what can they find you in? So um, I just did um, the new Bel Air show, which is a Fresh Prince remake. Um, so currently doing that and I'm actually writing at the moment. So I've taken a few months out to write um, for a film that I'm currently doing, um, which I'm going to star in. And it's, uh, it's a pretty cool one. It's, uh, it's uh, an espionage film. Um, and then I have another movie that I'm writing that I'm going to direct. So taking a few months to really be behind the camera before I get back into it uh, in the, towards the end of the year. In the 300 episodes of this podcast, I can always tell you when people can't tell me stuff, there's a twinkle in your eye. You people love saying, I've got something. I can't tell you, but I've got something. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. So, yeah, man, that's the aim of the game. It's, it's, it is what it Congrats. is. But we just look forward to you guys all seeing it. So thank you. Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate you. Anytime. People often ask me, how do I keep motivated and uh, how do I keep my spirits up? Well, things are, are moving forward instead of backwards. I think every neuroscientist in the world, if you 
lined them all up and asked them the same question. Can the spinal cord be repaired? They'd say yes. That is the voice of Christopher Reeve. Whether this is your first time ever hearing the Hall of Justice or you've listened to over 300 of the episodes that we've put together since this podcast was created in 2015, the superhero genre owes a great deal to the role Christopher Reed played as Superman. Partnering with the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is an honor for the Hall of Justice podcast. In 1995... The accomplished actor was paralyzed after being thrown from a horse during an equestrian competition. After his accident, he lobbied for spinal injury research, and that led the man who once played Superman to the foundation that bears his name. Here's the origin story from the foundation's CEO, Maggie Goldberg. So when Christopher Reeve was injured in 1995, he was looking at all of the other organizations in the country and really around the world. Um, and there weren't that many that were searching for cures and treatments for spinal cord injury. And what he loved about our organization at the time, which was the American Paralysis Association, is that we were funding research. We, we Our mission and sort of theme was considered a laboratory without walls. We wanted to fund the best research no matter where it was in the world. And one of the other parts of the mission was bringing researchers together and to share information, which wasn't really something that was done at the time. Researchers you know, can be very competitive. They hold their information close to the best. So I think that's what really drew him um, most to this organization. The Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is dedicated to curing spinal cord injury by advancing innovative research and improving the quality of life for individuals and families impacted by paralysis. We are on the cusp of a new era in spinal cord injury, where real cures are within reach. The Reeve Foundation serves as a catalyst at this critical moment, uniting academics, scientists, and industry in a new model of collaboration. The Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is really the only national paralysis foundation focused on a dual mission. Today's care, tomorrow's cure. We are searching for cures and treatments for spinal cord injury, paralysis caused by spinal cord injury, but we also provide services and programs for people impacted by all types of mobility impairments. So when you think about paralysis, it's not just spinal cord injury, it's stroke, ALS, MS, um, in addition to spinal cord injury. And we're here to really help people navigate their journey through paralysis, whether or not they were diagnosed or impacted from you know, yesterday, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. This partnership is not the only tie Christopher Reeve has had with this podcast, even though it was created 11 years after his passing in 2004. In the 1970s at Juilliard, Christopher Reeve was good friends with Kevin Conroy. Little did they know then that while Christopher Reeve would be the embodiment of Superman, Kevin Conroy would be known as the voice of Batman. And Kevin was kind enough to come on this podcast during his illustrious career five times. Tragically, Dana Reeve passed away in 2006, and the foundation was renamed the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. I asked CEO Maggie Goldberg how listeners of the Hall of Justice podcast can participate and help the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. There are many ways to get involved. The easiest is to go to our website at ChristopherReeve.org. 
You can also follow us on social media. Our handle is at Reed Foundation. Um, there, you could become an advocate. You can run a marathon and join Team Reeve. You can become a fundraiser. You can help us spread the word. You can become a volunteer. All of that is outlined at ChristopherReeve.org, and we invite you to become part of our family. In the weeks and months to come, we are going to organize some walks and some activities that can raise money for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. But for now, if you are hearing this for the first time, the fifth time, or the tenth time, go to ChristopherReeve.org. Get the newsletter and find resources in your area. I'd like to think that if we had this podcast in the time that Christopher Reeve was alive, he'd want to be a part of it. He'd want to be a part of the show, and he'd want us to spread the word about this foundation. Thanks to you, the listeners, we are going to do that. I think in order to accomplish something, somebody has to go out there and put out a vision that makes it seem more real, more tangible. guy what an easy guy to root for i know that sounds cliche but there are people in this entertainment world that i am exposed to that i just can't help but say i want them to succeed i hope these final six episodes are amazing but this doom patrol podcast is not over you can see that if you're playing it because you know there's time left i don't know why people say that it's not radio read afar on Doom Patrol is Elastigirl, Elasta Woman. April Balbi is an American actress. She's from Vallejo, California. And she's been in a few things. She's been in Two and a Half Men. She was in a show called Drop Dead Diva. She also had guest spots. She was on How I Met Your Mother. She was on a show that I love and I've talked about on the podcast, You're the Worst. Oh my God, I love that show. And she played Elasta Woman. Here is my conversation with the lovely and talented and super nice April Bowlby. First of all, it's so nice to meet you and congratulations on the show's success. Thank you so much. It's great to meet you too. What is it like meeting fans who watch you and you, you, know, you do these shows and they come out months and months and months and months later and then you get to see the reaction from people? Right. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> you're like, ah, all of our hard work, because you're kind of like in a bubble. You don't really know if what you're doing is affecting people. And then it, you work for six months and then you kind of hope and pray and you let it go. And then, you know, seven months later, three months later, you get to reap the reward of having the people who watch it and who are fans come out and let you, show you the love and that's really so satisfying because you, you kind of fly blind and you just hope that it, it touches people. Now I do a superhero podcast I've read comic books I watch all this crap I kind of knew who the Doom Patrol were yeah. what was that phone call like when you find out you get Doom Patrol did you run to a store did you read a bunch of things did you or did you just Wikipedia the whole thing? And like, right. how, how did you find out about 
Elastigirl and the history and all that stuff. Right. It's funny because I did all of those things. Um, really? <laughs> yes, I absolutely did. Uh, my first reaction was that they were um, a bad superhero team. I was like, oh, I think these people are bad. Like, I don't, I don't know. Doom Patrol, I feel like they're like not good people. And then I went to the Wikipedia, and then I went to the comic book store, and then I, yeah, I got the omnibus. Well, I totally guessed it. We're, yeah, you knew, we're my, like in sync. knew my process. Um, and, and then I just did the research, and I was like, oh, this is a lost woman, and they're not bad. They're just really, like, kind of crazy and dysfunctional and can't get anything together. So um, that was kind of a nice evolution. The show being as, I mean, I think I'm, saying as accurately trippy as it is it's acting like it's prize acting like you get to put on performances that if this show was straight or if it was a crime drama you wouldn't get to put in the performances that you do and I'm not kissing your ass you're already on the show but but like holy moly you get to do some wild things yeah it was incredible every script that you get is like there's you you go through it in your mind you're like there's no way that they're going to be able to shoot this and then you start shooting it and they build the sets and then the costumes are made and you're in it and the makeup and the hair and and then you're in the moon and you're fighting an alien and and it's just the most wildest unbelievable dreamy job every day it was different um it was so special and uh, psychedelic and strange, and it was the, the best, best experience. I don't want to get into the, the, the rigmarole of the special effects and, and, and how much is digital. I don't, I don't want to take away the illusion, but what is it like watching the finished product and seeing all the forms that you are in? Right. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's like watching, getting a cake being baked and you're like oh this is the flour and this is the sugar and then at the end of the day the baker puts the final touches of the uh, you know flour and you're like oh my god it's a 10-story cake how did we make this um it's just absolutely thrilling and uh it feels so good to see everyone doing the finest work that they've done and creating one piece of um of of art you know we had uh, Jeff Johns on the podcast, and he gushes about <coughs> the show mm-hmm. and the people who the people who wrote the pages and drew the pages to see the three-dimensional people. I can't imagine how rewarding it must be for them. That's not the fans who are here at this thing. Like those people, this was their brainchild, yeah. and. They're seeing you, and they drew you. Yeah, it's uh, very special. It's so surreal. And Jeff Johns is one of the sweetest, uh, incredible. He was there uh, for Titans when Doom Patrol was born. And he was just the kindest, loveliest guy. And you could tell how much he cared. And, And I think the quality of Doom Patrol starts at the head you know and it starts with the producers and the writers and and how much they put into it trickle down into how much everyone put into it they they started the were like gave us the love you know just to show you uh the way jeff works uh he created star girl because of his sister when star girl rapped he was the guy we went to to talk about star girl when that show ended 
uh, he interned for Richard Donner. Oh, wow. And he wanted to do a tribute pod. It was his idea. He said, no podcast ever does a tribute to Richard Donner. Right. They do stuff for Christopher Reeve. They never do Richard Donner. Right. He put together, like, he orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah. Like, that's who Jeff Johns is. He's amazing. And he's he's just so thoughtful like that. And it's funny because he's, like, a giant dude. Like, he's, like, all built and, like, strong. I've only met him on Zoom, so I don't really know. That. Yeah, he's like a... He's like a Could I take him? He's like a... No, he's a bodybuilder. I feel like he's got a bodybuilder body. And then he's just like this little boy with the 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 you know comics. Like you 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 would never put those two packages together in my mind. And it was just a, a boy's delight to you know like that's what he he looked like when he was talking about the shows and stuff. He's I don't I don't want to uh, waste your time and go through everybody uh, in the cast. The cast is incredible. Can we do one minute on Diane Guerrero? Oh my God. The, the amount of characters she has to play. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, she's beyond talented. She was so much fun to work with because she, you never knew what she was going to do. And um, she's also just such a giving uh, actress in her work. Like, she's always bringing 100%, even when it's not on her coverage. And we've done, you know you know 15 takes and she tries something new and she is like what do you need from me like she's she's incredible she's beyond talented and we were so lucky to have her as our crazy jane according to all the uh, the rumors yeah. there's six left oh yes there are there are six left there are six left it, it's funny because when the show was originally conceived it was dc universe mm-hmm. then it was hbo max now it's max and people say, you know, people don't know where to find it, but I think it's a positive in that people are always finding it. Right. Like, new people are always finding it. There's somebody who downloaded the new app. They never had the old apps, yes. and they're seeing this for the first time. Right. Um, exactly. Yes, we live in a, in, a, in a technology-based world. Thank goodness for that. Um, and you can find it. You can, yeah, there's always, like... Some whisper of someone telling somebody something. <laughs> Did you get all that? Um, yeah, it's it's amazing, and I feel like it's always finding its its new audience. And you know, even my dad watches it, which is insane because your dad watches Doom Patrol. Yeah, it's super psychedelic, and and he's he you know he's a fan of me, but he's also he's really into it, and he loves Brendan's character. So I, I think there's kind of if you're if you're looking for something fun and creative. It's definitely a show that can be there for you. Right. And to me, it's o- it was always what were the character, how are the characters developing, not what was the plot. Right. I never really cared if they were going to beat the villain at that moment. Right. The threats were never the, the worst threats in the world. It wasn't the biggest no. thing. I don't think I'm demeaning the show no. by saying that. No, it was, it's more about learning how to overcome your own personal struggles and your mental health and how to use what you've been given and, and even though it looks like a bad thing, try to find what you can to make it a good thing and to serve you. So it's always overcoming your own mental <laughs> abilities and stability is is what our show is. It's never really been about the big, scary, um, you know, enemy. And the enemy is yourself in our show, which is, I think, why it's such an important show for the world, actually. 
You don't have to spoil it. Tell me how great the final six are. Oh my God, they're brilliant. They are the most brilliant. Have you seen them? I have not seen them. Oh, well, no. Because I know they're brilliant because I read the scripts. And, and you were in them. And I was in them. And they are, they, they've served the show in the most complete possible way. Unlike shows that just disappear and you're like, whatever happened to these characters, the, the, we don't know. Jeremy Carver uh, served our show so beautifully at the end that he he you'll have no questions about the characters when you finish this six episodes yeah yeah the the one thing about it i think you guys are the first people from the show that i've spoken to Mm -hmm. and it's always nice to know that the passion for the characters exists all the way through and jeremy and jeff and that's something that kind of permeates because it's, it's an easy show to root for. Yeah, it's an incredibly easy show to root for because you always want to root for the underdog. And right. That's what we do. Yeah. In closing, uh, what are you working on now? I know the writer strike's going on, but what are you working on now besides Comic-Cons? Uh, what can you promote? What's coming out that you can promote? How can people who are listening to this go, wow, oh, they, they love you. How can they find your uh, others? Uh, I love you too. Um, <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, well, um, yeah. That's going in the promo. We're on strike, and, um, you know, hopefully the... What am I working on? I'm working on being a mom. Um, I have a 10-month-old who's... Oh, congrats. Amazing. Thank you. And just, like, living life and, and being a part of this comic book world, and we'll just see what's next. It's magic everywhere around every corner. We don't know. Thanks so much for doing that. Thank you so much. That is April Bowlby. Again, they're not putting us up to this. This wasn't a PR thing in any way, shape, or form. All I can say is good luck to the Doom Patrol. We're rooting for it. Uh, Can't wait to watch the episodes. When this episode gets published, uh, I will be watching television. Actually, I'm going to New York Comic Con to see what else we can put together for the Hall of Justice podcast. Thank you for the support on social media. And, of course, please rate and review the podcast. We'll see you next week.